Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Higher Ground with Julian King. Yeah, hello everyone. Welcome along to Higher Ground this Wednesday night. Jules with you. Great to have you along on SEN. 1170 Sydney, SENQ, 693. Hello to our friends in Brisbane. And 1620 on the Gold Coast, as well as via the SEN app. The open line number, should you like to join me, 1300 011170. And the text line, 0457 736 736. 0457 736 736. It is Wednesday. That means Simon McLaughlin, the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph will be along shortly to look at the bay back pages of tomorrow's telly. Uh, the Mad Russian's here with us again this week to keep me company as well. So round 20 gets underway tomorrow night. And in what has been one of the most extraordinary weeks in rugby league. So rugby league is out rugby leaguing itself. Does it, hey, does anyone sense an ambush at Brookie tomorrow night? Does anyone think, you know, they'll rally around this? They'll unify somehow? And knock off the chookies. Does anyone think that can happen or will happen? I don't think so. But stranger things have happened in the sport of rugby league. Now, we know they're missing seven players who refuse to wear a jersey with a little bit of rainbow on it and thereby jeopardise Manly's finals chances. We know that. But, hey, look, it's their choice. It's their choice. And I'll say this. Conscience is often an inconvenient friend. And they've botched this manly. The execution, the whole rollout, they have mucked it up royally. Great initiative. But they failed to get people on the same page or not, nor even make them aware of it. So much so, it was left to the poor coach to apologise for the whole affair. But having said that, they are right to press on, the Manly Seagull. Sporting organisations are entitled to have values too. And a club so proudly represented by Ian Roberts, the game's... Only openly gay man and one of the toughest players we've seen in the sport of rugby league. I think they've done him a, a huge injustice. I'd love to hear from the seven. We read that Josh, Josh Alloway had addressed the playing group. I'd love to hear from them. I'd love to hear their rationale and their explanations. But we won't. Certainly not immediately. But you just get the feeling if Roberts was allowed to have that discussion with them, how many would have changed their mind? There was speculation in the meeting this week that three were set to flip. No, 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 it's the seven. Where did that come from? And now they won't even attend the match for security reasons. The whole saga has just become one sad state of affairs. You know, given the delicacy of the situation, it's understandable they won't go to the game. But, but, there are going to be some exciting new players. And look, James Seguiaro is back, so it's all good. Welcome back, Chica. Wow. Wow, what a week. Look, it's a week when eye gouges and vaping are the dunnies and not even the top two stories. Work that out. Like I said, rugby league is out rugby league itself. <laughs> Normally, eye gouges would be back page. Look at this. You know, rake that raking across the face. Or vaping in the toilets. That's a weird one, isn't it? Anyway, they punted him, Kevin Proctor. I'm not sure with his raspy voice that that's the best thing for him, Kevin Proctor. 
but to each his own. Some players choose to follow the Bible. Some choose to vape even with a bung throat. And KP is one of those. Anyway, it's uh, what I call, quote, unquote, mistifying. Get it? Bad Russian? Get it? Thank you. Let's crack on. And the other, and then Dale Finucan gets two weeks for an accidental head clash with Penrith, Stephen Crichton. People are divided on this, but it's just, I found that very strange. Very strange. Now, of the players stepping up in that seven's absence, one name will be familiar, Zach Fulton, among the new faces, the grandson of the immortal Bobby, so that'll be nice to see. And just on Des's speech, uh, none other than Manly Tragic and the man who authored Schindler's Ark, uh, Tom Keneally, said, in any case, it could be one of the greatest rugby league speeches ever given. That is quite the rap. Having said that, Tom, I mean, rugby league and speeches, generally a low bar, isn't it? A lot of, you know, bull by the horns, gave it two halves, 110% credit to the boys. You know the drill. Blow that whistle, ref. Blow that whistle. 0457 736 736. Now, this seems to be the pattern, doesn't it, uh, for coaches under fire? It was revealed today, uh, Michael Chamis in the Sydney Morning Herald, that the Dragons will part way with its ways with their two assistant coaches in Peter Gentle and Matthew Head. Both men informed that their services would no longer be required, but but they wanted to stay until the end of the year to help the joint venture make the finals, and the talk is that it was Griffin's call. So I guess it's admirable that they want to stick around, but, gee, I mean, the timing of this is quite odd, I thought. Particularly odd. It's not as though we're talking about the Titans. So Dimmick's gone. And there's a whole reshuffle in the back office and in the coaching staff there at the Gold Coast. But you understand that because they're out of finals contention. They're out of finals contention. The Dragons are very much in finals contention. So if St George Illawarra were to make the finals and, and go for a run, which isn't impossible, is not impossible, would you then say Matthew Head, for example, had been a success? In his role as attack coach? I would have thought so. But at this stage, they are trying to save their season. 0457 736 736. Now, this is particularly concerning. Now, Pete Lawler, the Australian, has been all over this story. And that refers to David Warner, who's looking to use the break in the international schedule caused by the cancellation of the South African tour to play in this UAE T20 league. So you've got a couple cropping up that are going to rival the Big Bash, the one in South Africa and now this one in the UAE. And Warner wants to play it. So obviously they've cleared the decks for January and Cricket Australia said, you beauty, we hope now as a result of that, our Australian cricketers will make themselves available for our domestic competition. The thing is Warner's not contracted to a team, hasn't played in the BBL for a decade because international cricket's got in the way. And it's understood that... Warner's commenced high-level negotiations to play in this UAE T20 league this January. And we may, we may see a decision finalised by the end of the week because the tournament right now is, is pressing plays to sign preliminary contracts. Now, if you are an Aussie cricketer and a contracted player, Australian contracted player, you must receive a no-objection certificate to participate in domestic franchise competitions overseas. Now, the IPL, they're getting their tentacles and everything. So this UAE League has got huge investment from IPL franchises. This is what this is the sort of money that they're chucking around, according to reports. Un, they are understood to have been offering three contracts worth 700000 a year for participation in a brand-new competition. 
Yeah, the BBL can't compete with that cash. They just cannot. Warner would make pittance playing, for example, the Sydney Thunder compared to 700 a year. But that short little window of work, my goodness. My goodness. And on top of that, of course, he can't captain the franchise because of that lifetime ban. But he can, as he has been the case, he, he can captain a T20 franchise. Because his leadership skills highly respected abroad, they're respected here, and I hope they overturn that ban. And maybe that's a sweetener for Warner. So, mate, if you play Big Bash, you'll be captain. Well, you can be captain. But I tell you what, this is just this is just the start of it. The Big Bash League at the moment, off the back of this, is facing an existential crisis. So the question is, okay, well, if, if he's the first one, what next? Players saying no and knocking back central contracts and just play for match fees and become guns for hire? Because you remember Kyron Pollard, T20 gun for hire, one of the all-time great T20 players, never played a test match for the West Indies. Never played a test match for the West Indies. And I know their board don't offer them nearly half as much as they offer the Australian centrally contracted players. But we could see a similar pattern emerging. And I hope we don't see our future players in the same boat. Now, Adam Gilchrist spoke to Jared Waitley this morning about it. I'll play that for you in the next hour of the program, 0457 736 736. Now, just back to, back to rugby league. Now, this concerns a lot of people. This is about David Nofaluma, who's set to sign for the remainder of the season with the Melbourne Storm. Because you know that the Storm have been in a desperate search for an outside back, particularly with Ryan Pappenhausen going down. Coates has been injured. Remus Smith. And after being heavily linked to the Warriors, fullback Reese Walsh, as well as contacting the Titans about Jaden Campbell's availability, they are finally set now, the Storm, to land their man. Telegraph have been across this. So now, Dave Nofaluma preparing to make the switch south, hoping to revive his season after, a, I guess, an up-and-down year for him. So he's 28. But what about this? If he does it, he could make a career-first finals appearance. He debuted in 2013. Nine years ago, Nofaluma never played finals football. And his last appearance for the Tigers was in their round 17 loss to the Eels. He scored two tries, but he's been in and out of the side this year, Nofaluma. And they've been relentless in their pursuit of outside backs, the Melbourne Storm. So Craig Bellamy's side that made a number of inquiries to rival clubs. Uh, they want to fill that void, as we know, meant, as we mentioned, left by Pappenhaus and Remus Smith, Xavier Coates, George Jennings as well. So we talked about Jaden Campbell, talked about Reese Walsh. They said, no, nope, no. Nope. Reportedly linked to a number of Tigers players, including Dane Laurie, Adam Dewey, Ken Mamola. They also approached the Dogs and Panthers for Josh Adokar and Robert Jennings. The funny thing about their approach to Reese Walsh, it was knocked on the head. I liked what Cameron George, the New Zealand CEO, had to say about that. He goes, I've been approached by Melbourne. I had no interest whatsoever to fire sale a player off just because of our spot on the ladder. Good on him. He said that to stuff.co.nz. Good on him. It's important to remember Reese was committed to our club. The only reason that changed is through a series of conversations we've had. It was done on significant personal grounds. So they said, okay, look, we understandably let him go back to Brisbane. We're not about to let him go to Melbourne to boost their chances of making the finals. We're not a charity. Are you comfortable with this? I can't make up my mind. I can see a degree of merit in it. So I can't accept 
for example, a, a lower club lending an up-and-comer for experience sake. Kind of, I guess you could say, kind of like a reverse Harry Grant. But for top clubs to bolster their stocks come finals time, I would have thought flies in the face of managing a top 30 squad, does it not? Get injuries, well, that's bad luck. They're part and parcel of the game. And further to that, I don't see players being loaned to clubs that are trying to get into the eight, who may have their own runabouts with injury. But look, at the end of the day, if both clubs come to an agreement, good luck to them, I suppose. But, you know, we saw that with Penrith getting Tavita Pengai Jr., you know, Lessica. That is a pretty decent in. So you just hop on board for the back end of the season, play a handful of games, have a crack at a premiership. Gee, it's not bad work. It's not bad work. 0457 736 736. Just on that, actually, Phil Gould had a bit to say about this on his uh, Six Tackles with Gus podcast. I've always been a supporter of the loan system, and we've seen the loan system come into effect during the COVID last year when they were in camps and we didn't have reserve-grade players to play. Bulldogs, we we got two Raiders players in one day. It wasn't the players, you know, it was... There are other teams like the Warriors that needed loan players, and everyone's needed a couple of loan players here and there. And I've always been a great believer of the loan system. You know, there are, there are plenty of times over the years in, in, in my roles where I've had a young player in reserve grade yeah. who's not going to get any better playing reserve grade, mm. who needs to be playing NRL to improve and get experience, but there is no way to select him. I mean, if you're a young fullback at the, mm. at the Roosters at the moment, there's no way for you to play first grade, all mm. right? Because even if Tedesco gets hurt, they'll play Joey Manu there, or they'll play Suwali there, yep. who are all playing first grade at the moment. So if you're going to be a young first, if you're going to be a young fullback at the Roosters system, your pathway is blocked. But if we need you to develop as a player, why can't the Roosters send him to another club yep. and say, if you've got a position for him to play first grade, we'll loan him to you. You can go and play first grade if they need a player. I think where it gets dangerous is because we've moved this timeline back to the first of August, and it's so close to the finals. I don't think it's right for the game that we get a situation where come you know, yeah. the latter part of July, the top four teams start feeding on the bottom four teams saying, well, your season's over. You know, wins don't matter to you. Can we have you know, your best player? Yeah. That's not what the loan system is meant to do. I think he's right. I think he's bang on, Gus. And we saw situations last year, I think, and you mentioned there, Canterbury. So Corey Horsburgh and who's the other one? Ryan James, I think they picked up from... From the Raiders. I remember as a Dragons fan, uh, Tanoa Brown was lent for a few games when a couple of their forwards are out. I don't mind that one or two, sure, no problem. But he's absolutely right. I mean, they want to feast on. They want to feast on, you know, the the bottom four clubs to bolster their prospects of going all the way at the end of September. It doesn't seem right to me. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. That is the text line number. What am I doing? Knock off a break and then. On the other side of that, I'll catch up with Simon McLaughlin. He's the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph to look at the back pages of tomorrow's telly. It is Wednesday night high ground, Jules, and the chair 0457 736 736 is the text line number. Extra, extra, read all about it. It's the newspaper, mama, newspaper, mama, newspaper, mama. Uh, no shortage of rugby league stories. Nobody does league better than league. As they say, Simon McLaughlin, the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph, is on the line right now. Evening, Simon. Uh, evening, yeah. Quite weak. For My all goodness. In rugby league world. You know, it's funny, I was saying, a bloke vaping in the toilets and somebody eye-gouging, uh, it's not the top story, it's not even the second top story. Uh, it tells you what a whirlwind week it's been. Yeah, look, the, 
the Manly uh, saga with the Pride jersey, I I'm not sure many people anticipated that sort of uh, drama hitting rugby league, but yeah, when uh, when they they do it, they go in hard. So um, yeah, there's probably a a fair bit of sort of unwanted angst surrounding tomorrow night's game out at um, mm. Brookvale, um, as you alluded to earlier. Seven the seven manly players who refused to wear the pride jersey and consequently got stood down have been asked not to attend the match because uh, police are a little concerned at. at um, uh, the atmosphere that might be created, the levels of anger uh, around the whole thing, um, which is a real shame because uh, the whole idea was supposed to be uh, good-natured, yep. um, yeah. and it hasn't turned out that way. No, it hasn't. It hasn't. You know, he said, I don't think anybody quite predicted the fallout, and Manly certainly didn't, but I think you know, if they had their time again, and I thought Des spoke very honestly and very passionately that you know, they would have revisited how they rolled this thing out um, because they must have known that there would have been pushback from a, a large contingent of Christian Polynesian players within their club. Oh, look, that, that's very true. And look, it's quite telling that, that uh, Manly don't have a CEO in place. Um, Tony Mestrel's supposed to start next week, I think. And you can tell because this is the sort of thing uh, a CEO is supposed to be on top of. Um, so, yeah, a real mess. Yeah, somehow I don't think it's the last we're going to hear about this. Everybody's got an opinion, you know, sport and politics and the rest of it. And, you know, I feel like mm. once a year we have a deep discussion, don't we, about this sort of thing. And it, Well, I, look, absolutely. That, that's one of the positives out of it, to be honest. I thought Trent Robinson, uh, Rooster's coach, spoke really well about it um, when he was asked. And, uh, you know, it was suggested that the Roosters might follow down the same path um, and if they do I'd, I'd say it would be treated a lot better because what we've gone through a lot of angst this week but that, that might that might you know help us deal with it better next year mm. so um, I know Peter Volandi suggested that he would like to see a, a pride round an entire round uh, <laughs> well I can't I, I don't imagine uh, super coach players that uh, Want to see an entire side round, considering there were seven players uh, yeah, pulled out of one game. But um, yeah. yeah, look, I think it's got people talking about it, and next time it comes up, it, it might be dealt with a lot better, including by um, players such as the seven manly guys who didn't want to play, who might who might be able to deal with it better themselves. They, they don't, they won't feel as uh, ambushed. Yeah, I think you might be right. It's inevitable we'll see one in rugby league. I know Ian Roberts has been inquiring about it for years. He even said as much. He goes, you know, they're a great idea, but for some reason or other, it's never quite got off the ground. You know, all, all the major American leagues do it. Um, the, yeah. the AFL do it. it. It's actually pretty unremarkable. So down the track, yes. it will happen in the sport of rugby league. And, you know, maybe this was, a, I guess, a dry run uh, to see how well it, well, not so much we receive, but how, uh, what, is required to execute it properly. Oh, look, absolutely. I mean, I, I think the the reactions being, aside from the the police saying don't turn up uh, tomorrow to the seven players, I think the reaction could have been far 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 angrier. I mean, considering some of the people involved in the game, like uh, uh, you know, NRLW players, mm. uh, would be extremely uh, interested in the developments of. Um, this week, so 
it's supposed to be women in women in league round as well, which seems to have been hijacked. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> actually, the the, the uh, there's not as much anger as I, I thought there could have been. Anyway, we've got a small matter of a game tomorrow night, which is going to have huge bearings <laughs> on the makeup of the final out final eight. It is at Brookvale or Four Pines Park between Manly and the Sydney Roosters. Uh, of course, seven out, which means mm. they've got to fill those seven places, and there's a, one big name that's going to be lining up for the Eagles. Yeah, well, look, that's right. Uh, Zach Fulton. What a familiar surname that is, hey? Um, 20-year-old back rower, the third generation of fullback, uh, Fulton sorry, uh, to play. And I believe that's the first time that's ever happened. So uh, we get three generations of wow. the same family playing at the club. So... Zach is a 20-year-old back rower. His dad, Scott, I, I believe he was a hooker, wasn't he? He was yeah, a tall bloke, yeah. wasn't he? Um, and, of course, his grandfather, Bob, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And the one family element that a lot of people have overlooked is his uncle is Terry Hill, who also played for Manly. Indeed. So, um, uh, yeah, Zach certainly got it in the uh, in the genes, but... Um, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, too sure how he plays, but seeing as he's only 20, um, this might have just accelerated a rise that would would eventually have happened anyway. But uh, it's it's one of a few good stories. The other one is the Fijian uh, winger, Pio Seki. Excuse mm. me if I'm saying that wrong. I, I haven't uh, seen him play before. So he's going to be man, uh, manage, uh, sorry, marking Daniel Tupo uh, tomorrow night. Uh, He's been playing for five hundred dollars a win, three hundred dollars a loss wow. match payments. Uh, um, he plays in CG in the mid-season test. Um, he thought he would hang around. He thought he might play in regional New South Wales. Um, didn't even have a pair of footy boots when he arrived in Australia. Uh, <laughs> and now he's playing first grade. He's actually the cousin of Tui Kamakanitha, who plays for uh, yeah, Melbourne. Yeah. And he's, he's been around the system a while. Um, he was at the Bulldogs under-20s about a decade ago. So um, we'll see how he goes. Uh, I, look, I'd be betting on the Roosters, put it this way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big game, and to have seven blokes come in yeah. um, at the last minute is not ideal. But it'll it'll um, give something to look at. I'm just having a look here. So he's 28 years of age, Piasecki. I don't know really anything about him. Likewise, uh, Zach Fulton. So I'd be curious to see how these guys go. Uh, you can just see mm. it, though, can't you? I mean, you you said all the money's going to come for the Roosters, and rightly so. But, you know, any sense of mm. a, of an upset or an ambush here by Manly with, with one Zed Fulton oh. scoring the winning try? I mean, that, that is pretty <laughs> much everything after the, the tumultuous events of the week, everything that the, uh, the Morona White faithful could hope for. Well... Well, exactly. It was a couple of years ago that another team in Maroon and White, um, my colleague Dean Ritchie said that it was the worst Queensland team ever. Yeah. Daly Cherry Evans led them to yes. win. Well, yeah. if, if someone's going to say this is the worst Manly team ever, Daly Cherry Evans will want to lead them to uh, another win as well. I don't know if it's the worst Manly team ever. Well, hey, look, at least they got Trebojevic back and they got Kroger back. So they're a couple of really big ins, uh, considering they missed some. Absolutely. In that loss uh, last Friday night against my Dragons. Now, um, this is a really fascinating story. Uh, well, just uh, not so much story, but topic, uh, this idea of loans. And, you know, I don't mind it for a couple of weeks here or there during the season. But, you know, Gus was right, I think he said in his podcast. You know, I don't like the idea of top teams feasting on the bottom teams to pick it, 
pick the eyes out of their squads and take their best players. But David Nofaluma is going to move to Melbourne. Nine years in the top grade, never played finals football, and that's set to change. Yeah, look, this is a, a, a topic that really gets under people's skin. Um, you know, the, some people love it because it means that a, a team, just for instance, if Melbourne sort of staggered into the finals, completely injury-riddled, uh, had no chance, well, then this this means that there's not a sort of a, 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 a dead man walking team in the in the finals. At least you get that. So so there's a positive out of it. But I think mostly people hate it because for all sorts of reasons, you know, you get so used to you might have bought a jumper with David Nofaluma's name or number on the back and then you've got to see him playing for another team this season and that that really hates uh, it stirs people up. Nofaluma's on about five hundred thousand dollars a season. He's one of the highest paid players at the team and and he's suddenly playing for someone else that really rolls people up um look it's it doesn't sit well with me either and it's um it's supposed to be you're supposed to have a squad for the season it's supposed to be a bit of a war of attrition correct um you know and and for for someone just to be able to slot someone else's best player into uh their club it, it it's not right however it's hardly uh, something that's new. Um, and in fact, Tigers fans who are blowing up about another club being able to slot in someone in round 20 uh, just to help them on their finals push, I think we might be forgetting something that happened in 1988 when another player, not from another uh, Australian team, but from an English team, Ellery Hanley to the Balmain Tigers in round 20 1988, and he got took them all the way to the grand final. Had, had, had barely played a game uh, for Balmain that season, but every game he played um, was crucial because it was uh, on the uh, eve of the finals. So a blow, so, a blow in. Uh, yeah, but he didn't up. come for another club though, did he, Ellery Hanley? Like another. He didn't. He, he'd, he'd been he'd played uh, for England in a mid-season test, mm. and uh, um, there was a. Sort of a trade deadline in place back then, much as there is now. And um, I think it was Kevin Humphreys who ran Batman Tigers back then, was able to uh, snare the best player in the game, uh, which is a handy end. It was also round 20. I mean, that's the, the bizarre thing about all of this. You know, this is the thing. I mean, the reason I don't like it is uh, why is it only the top team? So uh, the point I made is you might have a couple of teams. We got four teams, right? So Manly, the Roosters, the Dragons, and the Raiders all vying for a spot in that top eight. Mm. Right. They may have their own fair share of injuries. You know what? Why can't they reach out to a club, say like the Gold Coast yeah. Titans, and say say the Dragons go? Well, none of their forwards are averaging hundred metres a game. Hey, listen, uh, we've had a couple go down, a couple suspended. Uh, Gold Coast, can we have Tino just to help us get in the finals? I I, I wouldn't feel comfortable asking that question, and, yeah. and I'm a Dragons fan, so you know it's, it, it, it seems to be a weird precedent. Yeah, yeah, it is a weird precedent. But why is it somehow? I guess more acceptable if it's a top team doing it. We saw that with Penrith and Tevita Pangai Jr. last year. I said, well, hang on a minute. Absolutely. This is a team that really doesn't need help, and they're getting one of the most destructive forwards in the game on his day to to bolster their package. I didn't understand it. It didn't seem right to me. Well, the Roosters now have Jared Weir Hargraves, Lindsay Collins, and Matt Lodge Mm. as their prop rotation. Yeah. Uh, That's automatically one of the best in the game. Uh, where, whereas it had been an area where the Roosters were 
a little weekend. Um, so let's not forget Matt Lodge is also playing tomorrow night. It, 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 he's, he's also a blow-in, as you say. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm dead against it. I think I think it should be um, you, you, the war of attrition, as I'll say, and, uh, you know, injuries are all part of... Correct. And they've always been part of it. So, you well, know, you got a, you got a squad of 30, don't you? A top 30, and that should be enough to to somehow field a team and a competitive team week in, week out. Anyway, um, I wonder if this will change. Absolutely. I mean, hey, just for my own example, I look at all the the dramas that the the, uh, Bulldogs have gone through this year, and I'm not sure exactly how many we've blooded, but I think there's four or five blokes that they plucked out of the reserve grade team, uh, just gave them a go um, because they were so desperate. And Jacob Carraz is one of them who's ended up being a superstar. Yeah. Uh, just through circumstance. So, you know, that's how it should be done, through your reserve great team and your uh, junior system. Yeah, give them a shot. I agree. Hey, mate, before I let you go, uh, Dale Finucane got two weeks. Uh, they Three, mm. they got it down to two. Uh, what did you make of this? I mean, a lot of opinion divided. I've I got to say, I'm, 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 with, I'm with those that think it was a, an accidental head clash, really. I, I didn't really see yeah. contact with an arm. To the head, but yeah. uh, further to that, I mean, he's I, getting I two agree. weeks, whereas Dane Gagai's throwing haymakers and gets a fine. That doesn't seem right. Oh, right. Look, I, I I agree completely. It was it was an accident. I think he's he had that wild swinging arm that went over the top, and he really charged out of the line. Yeah. So it, it, I think it looked like there was some sort of intent involved, and because it was such an ugly uh, injury to Stephen Crichton with his ear splitting, that um, that's the reason they took action. But if it had been Say Manukin had been standing still and Crichton had run into him mm. uh, and still had the same uh, ear injury, then, you know, it would have just been play on, I think. But, um, yeah, it, it, there's another day, dangerous precedent where accidental head clashes are now um, earning you a week, weeks on the sideline. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that's now in the books as, as law of, of, of yeah. uh, the NRL. So. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, I have got to get a dog's question. Corey Adell, uh, he's outed for that gouging mm. or what deemed yeah. a gouge on Tino. Tino at the time complained and afterwards sort of played it down, didn't he? But it didn't matter. Yeah. He's going to have a stint on the sidelines. Well, look, so that's more than double the punishment that Dale Finucane got for. Uh, I don't think anyone thinks he was deliberately trying to eye gouge him. Uh, I think he. Thought he had, he was grappling him somewhere on the head. Um, I'm not sure if he, he probably didn't care too much about where he's grappling him on the head. Um, but given some of the other eye gouge suspensions I've seen, I think uh, it was the Raiders guy, Hudson Young, who um, caught a similar suspension for what was clear, clearly a deliberate act. Um, for Corey Woodell to get the same punishment, that seems a bit harsh to me. All right, mate. Thank you. Always good to get your thoughts. Good luck to your dogs on the weekend. Uh, looking forward to talking a bit of football. I'll be fascinated to see how this game unfolds tomorrow night at Brookvale. And we'll catch all those stories in the Daily Telegraph. Thanks, Jules. There he is, Simon McLaughlin. Good man, Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telly. So, you know what? Maybe there's a feel-good story to emerge out of this. Could you see an upset? The Eagles won Zach Fulton crashing over to win it. For the team of the Insular Peninsula. 0457 736 736. Jules and High Ground breaking back with more. The tall man, good evening to you, my friend JK on the Dale Finucane hit. If that tackle was in State of Origin Game 3, there is no way he would have been suspended. Do you agree? Or did he get suspended for a head clash? What a joke. Oh, I'm with you, tall man. 
Well, put it this way. If gay guy can throw haymakers and connect proper punches and gets a fine, explain to me how an accidental head clash in that arena, and they say, no, no, it's not different rules, same rules. Evidently, there are different rules. It just it was very strange. I've looked at it a thousand times. It was a head clash. He came out aggressively. Yeah, he may have intended to hit him. Yeah, that, that lazy arm, haphazard sort of arm over the top, but it was a head clash. And they looked at the damage done to Stephen Crichton's ear, and that probably played a part in the decision. But head clash on, you know, it's head on head. Bang. It happens. It's a contact sport. I don't think it's worth two weeks. Thank you, Tim the Tool Man. Uh, Bonai Jack, good evening to you, my friend. And you're talking about, yeah, Dean Ritchie's a big Manly fan, as you know. Claims to be unaware of the religious beliefs of the Manly Seven. When asked by somebody on his radio station, are these blokes Muslims? Bulldog replied, I have no idea. Is he ignorant or scared to utter the words devout Christian? If he hasn't seen the Polynesian boy singing the praise of the Lord in epic on-field scenes, uh, he should offer his resignation. <laughs> Thank you, Von Dijak. Uh, it is surprising that, that he wouldn't know that. I would have thought it's pretty obvious. Thank you. 0457 736 736. Just before we uh, check into agree to disagree. On the um, the lineage, so to speak. So Zach Fulton, son of Scott Fulton, who's the son of the great Bozo. Uh, he now joins an elite group of football families. So according to Dave Middleton, uh, Prashenko's got this, uh, the league historian. The King family is when it comes to footballing dynasties. Uh, Sess King. So you've got Sess King played five games for Souths in 1945 to 46. His son was the great Dragons winger Johnny King, whose son David King played nine games for the old Gold Coast in the 1991-92 season. And then his son Max King, former Storm, now current Bulldogs forward. So that's four of them. Wow. So there you go. But pretty elite company. Three generations of Bradstreets. This is fun. And then you go, the Fulton's the first to do it at one club. So that's the key. The Fulton's first to do it at one club. 0457 736 736. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. Are we? Yes. The players should have been stood down. No, let's not do that one. <laughs> Hello to you, Mad Russian. Yeah, that's not featuring tonight, Jules. Good no, to be back with you on a Wednesday. You know, it hasn't been talked about enough this week. Yes, great to have you. Delighted to have you, company. Number one, the NRL needs a proper transfer system set as priority number one Agreed. this off-season. Agreed. How long have we been talking about it? We have. More than a decade. Tra- so transfer system is in like a loan system, is that what you're saying? Or players leaving club, you don't like them signing a year out? Both. Yeah. So one and both can exist together. Mm. There needs to be something like what happens in my first sport, football, where you have two windows, yep. players can move. This late in the season... It, Gus is exactly right. This is, this, and you are exactly right. This is farcical. The fact that players are allowed to move this close to season—it's a, a disaster for the integrity of the competition, and it's a disaster for teams trying to manage rosters that are down the bottom of the competition. And as Gus goes on to very good piece up on the Wide World of Sports website, if you want to go and have a look, talking about keeping the confidence of the players whilst trying to do what's in the best interest of the club in mm. earning a bit of cash, but also Gus is reluctant to let someone like Josh Adokar go because he doesn't want to give off the impression to the players that he's given up on them yeah. and given up on Canterbury's yeah. season when there's still a chance to make the particular, I mean, Josh Adokar is probably not the best example. He came out of that successful Melbourne system, mm. won competitions, they're all his old mates. And he goes, no, no, no. Well, 
He's put that chapter behind him. Mm. There's no way he'd let the fox go back there. Mm. And if you Josh out a car, you'd you know, to show your commitment to the club, he'd say, no, no I'm sorry, but mm. oh, I'm a bulldog now. Mm. And he's proud to be a bulldog. Look at how he reacts. He sort of pounds the jersey every time he scores. Wasn't it's he like, wonderful on the weekend? No, he's great, mate. He's great. He should be picked for the World Cup at the end of the year. Mm. Yeah, you, you're right. And as for transfer windows, I mean, I don't love the idea to play a signing a year out, but at the moment, that's the system. Mm. They're entitled to do it, and good luck to them. The whole process needs a tidying up, right? It's not to say that clandestinely you're not going to have player managers talking to clubs yeah. a year out. That You cannot stop that. Mm. You won't stop the speculation, but it just tidies up the whole process. Absolutely. Yeah, from a fan's perspective, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Okay, number two, and this is on your dragons and the wind. Mm. I'm going a long way back here, so you're going to rack your brains. Okay. But I figured it was pertinent considering it's you and I talking. The dragons win versus the Seagulls. Wasn't that impressive and they're not going to make the top eight. <laughs> That's what I took uh, away from that game. I, I, I agree that I don't think they make the top eight. I agree mm. with that. Was it impressive or wasn't unimpressive? It was about what you expect from the Dragons. Mm. They, they should have won. They did enough to win mm. without blowing them off the park. Mm. Yeah. Manly's record against St. George Illawarra. It's not great. One win away from home since the merger. Yeah, it's not great. It's, it's very, great. very bad. Yeah, a lot of people said, oh, you know, they're, they're a rabble. The Dragons had conceded 86 points in two weeks. Manly will romp this year. I was very confident. I was very confident. Mm. And I was confident, actually, the other way. I thought Manly's the spine of our team was still yeah. strong enough to get the job done. But Andrew McCulloch, friend of the of the station, of the had a, he, had a, he played very well. He, I thought he killed us, to be honest. Do you think Ben Hunt's going to win the Dalian? And Ben Hunt... Is my favourite for the Dalian. Yeah. He was wonderful. He was great. Okay, number three. I'll be watching AFL this weekend mm. on Saturday afternoon. The Swans versus the Giants, 2 10 pm on Saturday, up against the Titans Raiders in the NRL, which doesn't excite oh, the me. the Titans. And the Swans trying to finish in the top four. That's a big game. That's a, that, that excites me, Jules. It is. I mean, I don't think anybody had Sydney doing as well as they're going this year. And likewise, I think most people thought maybe the Giants had be better performed. Mm. What are the Giants about 10th at the moment, I yep. think, the last time I checked. They're a better side than that. And maybe they could help out Sydney, not this weekend, by being a nuisance value to the other teams mm. in that top four, indeed the top eight. But it'll be a good go. Mm. Uh, big brother, little brother. They still call it the Battle of the Bridge. Yes. Oh, uh, really? Yes. Well, it hasn't really taken off. The Anzac Bridge. Yeah. Be a bit more creative. The Battle of the Bridge. They go. love alliteration when it comes to those sorts of marketing slogans, don't they? Well, we know how well AFL does on Talkback Sydney Radio. But mm. Can we come up with a new name? Maybe that's something. You're on afternoons tomorrow? Yeah, I'm covering for Jimmy tomorrow. Yes. Can you throw that out to that really that program that talks about AFL all the time? They love their AFL uh, in the afternoons. Uh, <laughs> yes, I mentioned one <laughs> AFL for two seconds. Oh, so much get AFL. Off get it off. This is Sydney Radio, mate. So anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, you know, Titans Radius. Titan Radius. Titans Raiders uh, is going to be huge because now it's these games, because yeah. there's such a log jam for that eight spot. Mm. Um, yeah, these games have utmost significance. Mm. What do you think of the Kevin Proc? Do you think there was an overreaction to sack him? I think they're looking to squeeze him out. Well, well what? And that's you can't be exactly like as a member right. of the travelling squad, mate. You, know, you can't be vaping at the no. toilets at half time. I couldn't agree. You'd know better than that. If he was still an origin player, Different would they have times? sacked him? Uh, probably not. No. Anyway. Well, that's the way of the world. You know, it's different times. I mean, he had heaps. Heaps of players would smoke at half. Cliff Lyons would have a bunger. <laughs> Jamie Ainsco, massive smoker. Honestly, half yeah, time. No, Wally no, no. was a I big know. smoker. Sucked down a dart at half time. Oh, just have a quick dart, mate. Times have changed. Yeah. They're all non-smoking areas. Yes. Anyway, I wonder yeah. what it was. I think him as a watermelon kind of guy. <laughs> 
I was thinking the mango. Thing. Yeah, mango. Yeah. Right, okay. Okay. <laughs> the Gold Coast, Queensland. Okay, food. Staying on food. What, for Beverages. mangoes? Yeah. Iced coffee over a hot coffee late in the day. Disagree. Disagree. I don't, you know what? I'm getting back into iced coffees. I'm so I'll duck into Coles and Mrs. Go, hey, can you just pick up a few? Yeah, no worries. And look, and if it's like a double espresso day on sale, yeah. I'll smash that down there. Have you had the bosses? No. Nah. Oh, very. It takes me a while to try the new. Th- Let me ask you this. If you were to buy, say, a dare or a boss or a chalky milk mm. at Woolies or Coles or your local grocery store, you are going to pay for it. Do you ever crack it and start drinking it before you paid for it? Yes. You're one of those. Yes. Oh, are you? Very much so. Ah, you I'm... know, there's, there's a question I'm going to ask. But just... <laughs> I'm not patient. Open your iced coffee before mm. it's paid. I've done it with my daughter, one of those little sort of yogurt sachets. Yep. The kids, oh, yes, I'll let them. Yeah, have one of those. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. but generally speaking, no, I can wait. I can wait the three minutes it takes to get to the self-serve checkout. Okay, final. Go. A cup competition. A what? Sim- a cup competition. Similar knockout cup competition. Uh-huh. Similar Panasonic cup in their hands. God, would be a fantastic idea to bring back into the NRL. I'm bringing this up because there's the second match day of Australia Cup matches in the soccer tonight which I was locked into, would you like to see a return of a cup competition oh, in the, the middle of the week? sports is too brutal now. How yeah, do you, right. you can't fit it in, mate. You know, like, I'd prefer just Challenge to remember the good cup. old days. They the, still do a Challenge you know, the National Cup Panasonic Cup. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's enough. I'm no. okay. No, we need a spill from the game, mate. More when you got content. Thursday the through to Sunday. Yeah, more, more content. Who's going to, yeah, well. Who's gonna I know that excites people. Mm. The players are never allowed. Be too much strain on the body of the players. Mm. Yeah. Could we cut out if you're doing an internationals? If you say say in a you know a perfect world in rugby league utopia, if you had a proper window for internationals, say you took a, a month break for state of origin, could you fit it in there with sort of maybe twenties players in the way you do a Toyota well, Cup? You, Toyota, yeah, remember the you, Toyota Cup yeah, rated yeah, well yeah. for for but, a few years there. You know, I got nothing. I got no issue. Just you know. I mean, under-20s is important development, but, mm. you know, I like the idea of just a good, solid reserve-grade competition. That'd be good. Well, anyway, Queensland national? Cup's good. National? Well, see, Queensland don't want a national. No. Their Q Cup's pretty good. Mm. It's pretty good standard. I mean, now look at the Broncos. I mean, Ezra Mam, who they'd wrapped. No one had heard of him, mm. but he followed the no. Q Cup, you know him. Follow the Q Cup, you know the bloke. Anyway, uh, that's a debate for another day. Mm. I feel like an iced coffee now. Oh four five. Can we? Why have we got the screens on? We have got two screens on uh, the Goodwood races at the moment, and then we have got the Cannington Dogs about the jump as well. Where uh, Kermitsi, the th- number three, is the favourite, a dollar twenty on the tote from Special Guarded Magic Salute. <laughs> I'd posit that uh, Fletch may have had a few investments. Or yeah, WBW will be winning. Switched on. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. We'll take a break. And if anyone cares, Secret State has won at Goodwood with William Buick riding, paying $3.30. So that's $2 a place. Just waiting for the 520-metre Cannington, the 8th Auto Owls Mechanical and Electrical. The track is good. one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Get Get home, Mark. Hey, Julian. How are you, mate? Yeah, very, good, bud. Very quiet, very quiet week in rugby league. Yeah, anything big happening that you've come boring. across, mate? No... Not really. Oh the Dragons had a win, but that was great. Yeah, that's good. I'm happy with that. They'll they'll take the cows, yeah, mate. I'm telling, they'll win. I, 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 
lucky last week. That was our lucky win. So. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong too. Yeah. Actually, you're right. Absolutely yeah, right. So, um, I tell you, Blocker Laurie's been good. Last few weeks he has. You know, he looks more committed. He's hitting the line harder, isn't he? And he's talking up bigger numbers. Blake Laurie, agreed. Yeah, yeah, and I like him because he's not that prototype V-like shape muscle man. That's yeah, he's a bit of a throwback and. You know, probably the best front row that ever was. Glenn Lazarus had that type of body, so... Yeah, little stockier. Yeah. Not not the big, sort of tall, lean, Adonis yeah. style. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just... Just, look, I don't want to, you know... I'll, I just want everyone to care for each other and love each other, but... In, inclusion... The way I look at it, when I go for the Dragons, that's my inclusion... I, Often with maybe, you know, 12, 15,000 people in that ground that have come from different backgrounds, gay, religious, um, sexual, you know, whatever, corporate backgrounds, some of them are labourers, some of them are, But the red V or the, in my case, the old Steelers jumper, hmm. that's what that's what brings us all together. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, hmm. that's, that's what I look at it. And, look, Manly just stuffed it up. And I must say, Des Hasler was... Outstanding estate, Jeezy. Yeah, Des, like, he was good, wasn't he? He was very raw, Des. Oh, uh, Des, what? what uh, he gives me that. Even last week, he had a crack at the referees, and still yeah. always having a crack at the refs. Yeah. He was very good. He was very good at. And that's one of the misnomers is that there's always that thing you've got to have a strong head office to be a good ref. Well, mainly haven't had a strong head office since they. But, since they came back as the Manly Ring of Seagulls. Mm. They've had that many CEOs. Yeah. It's been a basket case. It's not successful. The players and the admin hate each other's guts. <laughs> but it was Dez that held them together. Uh, I was... And, um, Mark left scratching my head why... And Dez said, you know, it was my choice. So I'm not sure I believe that. Maybe it was, I don't know. But why it was left to the coach to have to be the front man when it came to cleaning up this mess. Well, personally, Scott Penn... With you know, with technology, he should have got on the Skype and he should have been the one that fronted it. Mm. But um, I think Des that's just leadership. He said, "I've got to nip this in the bud. I've got to do what's right for my seven players and also for the you know for the other side of things and for the players that want to represent." But he's looking at the big picture. I've got to get these blokes back together the week after. And he, he and I think Cherry Evans, being the leader of the RLPA, he probably took the leadership role as well. And um, they, they they handled it well. But um, anyway, that's all that. We don't want to keep on talking about that all the time. But uh, this week, got um, Parramatta. They uh, if my footy tipping, they they kill me. Parramatta. Do they what? Do they what? Oh, they were terrible. I see. Uh, they were terrible. I've. I've I've had this thing with Parramatta. I've been, I've, I thought they're a big show for the Premiership. I did all year, but last last week they lost me. That was it. That was it. They lost me. Last <laughs> week. Yeah, they had everything to play for. Yeah. You know, they had a top four spot to play for, didn't they? Against Brisbane at home, yeah. and they they got thumped though, Mark. Thirty six points. I mean, I, I was never sold on power as a Premiership threat. I mean, on their day, sure, but they just, I don't know what it is. Is is a mental barrier with those players at the moment? That this. They can be world beaters, but, gee, they look too fragile to win a comp. Now, that's my take, anyway. 
when they played Parramatta, uh, Penrith last time, I tipped Parramatta. Yeah. I was pretty confident, pretty bullish that they'd win. Yeah. And you know, they'd have a fair show on Friday, I reckon, but I can't. I just can't think of them out of principle. I just, you know what I mean? Mm. What, what do you think about the assistant assistant coach situation? Oh, look, I thought it was. I thought the timing was strange, considering there's still a hope of, of mm. making the eight. Um, mm. According to the Telegraph, it was Griffin's decision. Do you remember at the start of the year, Mark, Matt Head was meant to revitalise the attack, and they had this attack camp in Kiama. And you know, he's got runs on the board. Matty Head, I like him. Um, they decided, you know what, they're going to stick around at the end of the season, even though their services aren't required for next year. I just wonder what impact that's going to have on the group. Uh, it, it concerns me, if I'm brutally honest, that they'll make... Because yeah, the point they, I made, Mark, it's, it's not the Titans. not flicking Jimmy Dimmick because the Titans can't make the eight. So already looking ahead to next year. You've got a, a squad at the moment yeah. of players that are still in contention to play finals football. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a bit of a realist when it comes to the good old dragon. I always have been. That, that, that were, I think favourite or second favourite with the Cowboys or the Tigers to come last. So yeah. the, fact, the fact that we're in the competition still battling away, I, I, look, do I think they'll make the eight? No, I don't. I yeah. don't think they'll make the eight. But, you know, they came 15th two years ago. They've come 11th last year with the barbecue incident. And if they get the 10th, it's improvement. Mm. But you're right. The attack hasn't come where it would. The, like we've always banged on about, Julian, that the... Uh, the development of the younger players hasn't progressed like we would have liked either. But, yeah. um, well, Sloan's on the bench this week. Uh, he's been playing a bit of wing. I'm happy about um, that. And apparently Hook said he wanted him to try a bit of wing as well. And he, he played a lot of wing in the juniors. It's only recently he converted to a fullback. So I guess just adding another string to his bow to try and somehow incorporate him back into that top team, which pretty much every Dragons fan says he should be a part of. Yeah, well, you know... We were happy to cop a loss if we had young blokes. You know, like I just look Andrew McCulley, great servant of the game. Mm. Look, he does commentary for you guys. He, he's a very, very clever bloke, but just a bit too. You know. Yeah, it's catching up. Catches up with all of us, Mark. Catches up with all of us. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got this Connor Mulhazen in the, in the ranks, uh, but they've bought Jacob Little as yeah. well. He's injury prone, so you know, make of that what you will. Um, gee, I'd love a crack number nine. Like I wouldn't mind Sammy Verrills or someone at the club, but. Anyway, we'll wait and see. Uh, let's let's focus on the end of this year first, are we? Shall we? Oh, definitely not. Like I said, I, I honestly think we're a crap. I reckon we'll have a go. We'll go right this weekend. So. Yeah. yeah, Betty Hunt, thanks, player thanks of the again, match. Julian. I'll take it. Oh, got... he just. Oh, mate. God bless Ben Hunt. Yeah. God bless Ben Hunt. Agreed. Always good to hear from you, mate. A better run. Yeah, you take care. Thanks, Julian. Yeah, safe travels. One three hundred zero and eleven seventy. He's a good man, Mark. Yeah, look, you know, as we can get indulgent about the Dragons at 11 o'clock Eastern time on a Wednesday night. Uh, Bondi Jack, you know what? What I'll do, I'll clear a break and I'll get to that after this break high ground. It's a lovely Wednesday night. It's just nice. It's certainly in old Sydney town to drive in and not see the rain. There's been a rain in Brisbane, rain in Gold Coast. Not as much there, but a stack in Sydney, of course. 0457 736 736. Stay safe. Please stay safe. Kingy, why a parafan silent on this? Memo Brad Arthur, Wonga Blake is incapable of a left arm carry and thus of any palm off. I'm trying to think, Wonga Blake, yeah, left arm carry, yeah, okay, gotcha. Uh, Blake's right arm carry as a left centre cost Parra a break when Flegler nailed him, then the Broncos scored. Minutes later, his right arm carry allowed Reynolds to strip the ball again from the inside. Yeah, very astute observer of the game. I, I didn't see much of it, I certainly didn't see that. 
Uh, Bronx then scored again. Blake spent the whole second half falling short and botched the kickoff. Uh, we won't mention the 12 straight sets and 44 tackles to nil from 6-4 to 18-4 and then a fatigue sin bin. The caning little Woodstock Sutton gave the eagle. <laughs> oh, the Sutton stench, whatever the Bronx are finals bound at Lang Park. Uh, thank you, Bondi Check. I know this. you got it in for Sutton. you got it in for Sutton. Do you reckon they're trying to help Brisbane? I think Parramatta were the ones that helped Brisbane more than the referees. Hey, Commonwealth game starts Friday. You can hear all the action live right here on SEN. Matty White's going to be anchoring. Uh, I'll jump in as well from time to time. We're alongside James, the Missile Magnuson. Very much looking forward to that. Some real talent in Australian sport. And you know what? It's okay, It's not the Olympics, but it's a nice little precursor. Just to give you a, a flavour of what we can expect uh, for Paris. Now, and I love this story. I love this story in the News Corp papers by uh, Simeon Thomas Wilson. Bear with me here. Stick with me. David Beckham and Ronaldo will be competing in the track cycling of the Commonwealth Games. No, it's not some strange publicity stunt involving the two soccer stars, but rather two Indian cyclists named after them are competing in the velodrome. <laughs> what about this? The two cyclists, uh, Ronaldo Leighton Jam Singh and the other one, whose name is David Beckham, will lead the Indian team at the velodrome in London. So after dominating the cycling scene in India in recent years, the two loom as the country's best hopes for a first medal in the sport at the Com Games. How about that? So David Beckham's 19. And not surprisingly, he's named after the former England captain and Man United and Real Madrid star. For the young cyclist families from the Andaman and Nicobar Islands, they were huge Man United fans. And he lost his dad in the Boxing Day tsunami. In 2004, 10 years later, his mother passed away from infection, lived with his grandfather from the age of 11, took up track cycling at his grandfather's insistence and then gave up his dreams of emulating his namesake on the football pitch. And as for Singh, he's tweeting, he's not named after Cristiano Ronaldo or the Brazilian OG Ronaldo. He's named after icon and two-time world player, the Ronaldinho. Because Ronaldinho's full name is Ronaldo de Assis Moreira. There's another Ronaldo. So how about that? So you've got Beckham and Ronaldo competing for India in the cycling in Birmingham. I just think it's wonderful. And good luck to both of those gentlemen. 0457 736 736. Now, this is interesting. Just to turn the dial back to series for a moment. Uh, from Tony Adams, the Wide World of Sports. And the headline reads, Gay Manly player devastated by players boycott a pride jersey. And this is the point we made. What if you've got some young kid playing SG ball, grappling with his sexuality, he looks up to these players, and this is what happens. And Tony Adams, the, the rugby league mole, writes, a young gay manly player has been devastated by the stance taken by seven of his club mates to stand down this weekend rather than wear the club's pride jersey. So we know the players on Monday decided to boycott the clash with the Roosters, refusing to wear the jersey which supports the LGBTQIA plus community. And the players, we believe, are Josh Aloye, Jason Saab, Josh Schuster, Hamale Olakautu, Tolatau Kola, Christian Tuapalotu, and Topafoa Sipley, refusing to play in the jersey on religious crowds. But their stance has left a promising young homosexual sea eagle who has not yet come out publicly uh, devastated. Now, a close friend of the player has told Wide World of Sports he's a good young player coming through the grades, just wanted to play first grade for Manly. But this move by the players has shocked him. He thought they'd accept him for who he is if he ever decided to make his sexual preferences public. Clearly, that's not the case. He's been devastated by this turn of events. The pride jumper is supposed to be a sign of hope and inclusion. 
and the fact that half the team would boycott it rather than the players deeply saddened him. This is the whole point of the round. We know Ian Roberts, he was the first one to come out. You know, if it was that easy without accepting, then more would have done it, but they haven't. But they haven't. And his, his exact quote, it hasn't totally shocked me. This is Ian Roberts. Like it's shocking everyone else. As an older gay man, I'm used to this. I expect there would be some sort of religious pushback. He's got a long, long way to go. He's got a long, long way to go. All right, it is, what's the date today? 27th. Thank you, Mad Russian. Uh, let's run through the birthdays, shall we? Sporting birthdays on this day, 1955. Every Aussie cricket fan should be genuflecting to this bloke. New South Welshman, but now died in the world Queensland. The great Alan Robert Border. AR Border, 156 tests, 96 as captain, 11,174 runs at 50.56. A true legend of Australian cricket. You know, he was the one that lifted him out of the mire after the game where the Aussie team was devastated post-World Series cricket. It was too much for Kim Hughes. Border didn't want the job, but he took it because he's the only one that could probably at the time maintain his place in the team. And he toughened him up. 89 for still... For me, the, the greatest series in my lifetime, the 89 Ashes, led by Alan Border. Happy birthday, Alan Robert. Uh, 1958, one half of the dynamic duo Torval and Dean. Christopher Dean's birthday today, won Olympic gold in 1984. I remember as a young, young kid, oh, no, I must watch the ice skating. And as a kid, all right, man, is there any more boring than watching ice skating? Is there any more boring? Clint Robinson, Australian K1 uh, canoeist. Um, 1K canoeist, Olympic bronze 1996. Remember him? Born in Bris Vegas in Queensland in 1972. A-Rod, the baseballer. Alex Rodriguez, 14-time All-Star. I think he dated Madonna. You've got to be a fair deal younger than Madonna. Good 15, 20 years, I would have thought. So 75, so what is, he'd be what, late 40s, mid-late 40s now, A-Rod. 46, 47. What's that? 47 now. Madonna's got to be mid-60s. Has to be mid-60s. You go, girl. 1982, former Wallabies and Waratahs back row, Wycliffe Parley born on this day. Jordan Spieth, three-time major winner, a Masters US Open and a British Open. Love him as a golfer, Spieth. Happy birthday to you, born this day, 1993. And in rugby league, 1971, our very own Matty Johns. Happy birthday to you, Matthew. 51 today. Uh, 1973, the raging bull, Gordon Tallis. It'll be 50 next year, Gordon. Happy birthday to you, Gordy. In 1993, the man who inexplicably only played one origin this year, Regan Campbell-Gillard. So happy birthday to the aforementioned players. Uh, J.K. Hudson Young recently and another first grader this year uh, both copped five weeks for genuine gouges. It's not Steve Lenane anymore. The Waddell decision, given obvious lack of intent, Tino's words and recent precedent is disgusting. As smelly as the Panookan sham decided by a dopey Earring. <laughs> um, yes, Dallas Johnson and Bob Lidner, a pair of Queensland flogs who play favourites like Afusi and Nelson, but bury blokes like Radley for six weeks at origin time for a milder axe. You're nothing if not passionate, Jack. <laughs> Short and sharp, just the way I like it. That is us done and dusted for a Wednesday night. Thank you to the Mad Russian. Thank you to Simon McLaughlin. Thank you to our texters on the program this evening. Have a great evening. Stay safe, everyone. I'm back on deck from midday tomorrow in for Jimmy Smith. I'm Julian King. Catch you then. Bye-bye.